0: never left
1: 1992 hello and welcome to pop culture Hangfire, the podcast where we try to reignite the fuse in gabe's bullet as we introduce him or rather reintroduce him to the pop culture that was available for him when he was homeschooled and being sheltered from the outside world year, 1992. Johnny Carson makes his last appearance on The Tonight Show. The Winter Olympics, officially known as the XV1 Olympic Winter Games, were held in Arbitville, France. The average price for a gallon of gas in the U.S. is $1.13. The 10th million cell phone is sold. And the... (laughs) And the term, (laughs) the term surfing the internet is coined. Wow. And just to recap, 1992, I am running the streets like a wild man, unsupervised, listening to rap music, and just being introduced to alternative music through the Red Hot Chili Peppers, (gasps) and I just found uh, Tom Petty's greatest hits, which includes... The previously unreleased song "Mary Jane's Last Dance," which also changes my life forever. Oh,
0: that's a that's a great song. Uh,
1: Ninety two for you.
0: I am four years old, and I can only imagine I'm doing what a lot of four year olds do. And uh, at this point, I'm not sure, aside from watching cartoons and um, resisting the 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 pressure of uh, starting to learn things because it feels like a lot of work.
1: There is a lot of pressure for a four year old to learn things. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, luckily, you're already walking and running at that point, so I imagine it's writing.
0: Yeah, I never liked. You know, I, I, it's, it's, it's interesting. We diverge there. I don't, I don't know if you liked it early on, but it's clearly something you're passionate about now. And I, uh, I, I very much resisted the urge. I don't even think that if I needed to, I guess if I needed to, I could. But like, I, I wouldn't enjoy trying to write out a whole thing in cursive. In like, I know the letters, but like, there's no flow for me. Like, I have to sit there and think about it because I just. Handwriting was not something I enjoyed, so I'm and gonna... my procrastination paid off because look at where we are now. Nobody, like kids nowadays, probably can't even do it.
1: That's probably true. I I actually was watching some, and before I go into my my cursive world, I was watching somebody uh, on a on their YouTube channel, and uh, he was reading a letter from a fan, and he literally said, "Oh, it's in cursive. I I don't know how to read cursive." And I was like, "Is that a thing? Is is
0: okay?" you know how it, there's varying degrees of clarity in people's cause like you can infuse whatever you're doing into your handwriting. Like that's one of the, the benefits of, of cursive is that you can kind of, you get your own flow out of it.
1: Yes. My, I
0: mean, my grandma's handwriting is like d- very difficult to read. Mm. Like my mom has very precise like cursive handwriting and like, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is fine. My grandma though, I'm just sitting there I'm just like, uh, I'm playing like uh Uh, what's that? Mad Libs. I'm doing Mad Libs because I know what certain words are. I'm like, I'm just going to let me, what would she be saying to me?
1: So, you know, what's funny. One of the things that I take a lot of pride in my penmanship, not just like the calligraphy part of it, but I think that one of the things that the reason why I practice and, and when I say practice, I mean, just write all the time is that I want the position to choose how my penmanship looks, how my cursive looks. So yes, I can do the messy doctor, your grandmother um, style, but then I can also turn it around and say, okay, let me slow down. Let me tilt my pen a little bit and let, let me make it clearer. And then it's like, oh, well, I, I I have at least six different ways to do cursive without any of the like special things, and without any of the flourishes, you know? Right. And that's part of the thing about penmanship for me, like you should be able to control how you want your letters to look, whether they look perfect or not. If if you can get pinpoint accuracy on how you want that word to look, then you nailed it, regardless of whether it's correct or incorrect or, or following the cursive rules. If you right. can control how your letters look every single time, then you're good. Now, having said that, I don't think anybody ever wants to have messy handwriting. I think that's just something you don't care about or practice. Just going to put that out there.
0: Right, I also I also from the get go disliked the capital letter G in cursive and refused to that use. That is it to my, my name.
1: favorite letter to do, man. That is such a fun <laughs> big letter. You can just go nuts on that letter. I mean, objectively,
0: I agree with you, but like the fact that it's representative of the first letter of my first name, I didn't find it. I, I much prefer a traditional G, and so my signature involves. A very much a normal G that I then connect to the rest of the the letters because I'm just like this is how I'm doing it. This is my signature, which is probably good because it's a signature, you know. That's, that makes it more unique.
1: So my last name starts with a G, and I I, I use a traditional G, which is the one that doesn't look like a G, It looks like a like two mountain peaks and like a circle underneath it. I love that G. Um, my second favorite G is the more traditional cursive. Um, Wait a minute. Calibre Which was the change. traditional cursive? So the traditional cursive is the one where you like. Um,
0: it's the you do the little loop and you come back.
1: No, that's that's the that's the normal one. Like,
0: oh, that's what I was. That's what I was taught. That's the one that on. I don't like. Let me, let me see if we're I can, we're doing demonstration here.
1: Yeah, this is really great uh, visuals for this audio. This is
0: perfect, great radio.
1: Yeah. So this is the. The G you're thinking about, I imagine, right? We're going
0: to get my live my live reaction. No, no, I, that one's fine.
1: Okay, because this is the other one.
0: Yeah, that's the one that I, I, I was taught and learned with. Yeah, that's the one I like doing
1: for my signature, that's the, but, but not for my everyday the, writing.
0: That's the one I don't – that's the one I didn't want to use.
1: Oh, yeah, no, I love that one on my signature, but I don't like it on my everyday writing. <laughs> because it doesn't allow for the flourishes that the other one does. So mm. – Oh, great podcasting. Most likely some of this won't make it to the podcast, just so we put it out yeah, That's fair.
0: <laughs> I, I think the only other thing I can think of, and I, I don't know if this place is exactly, I was probably a little bit earlier than 4, there was a, there was a shoving episode where uh, my brother was hogging the Tinker Toys. This happened somewhere in this window time. It might have been a little earlier, but I shoved him because he was hogging the Tinker Toys, and uh, he was keeping all the pieces that you needed to make a gun. Like he was keeping the so you know how you have those wheels that you connect to like spokes and you have the longer longer wooden pieces and the shorter and he would he had the short and long and the the hubs enough to make like a pistol, but he was hogging all of them and he was like yeah, too bad you can't have them uh, and he had way more than he needed obviously, from my perspective. And what if so, he was making uh, two guns? He probably was, and I didn't even have one, and it's very unfair. So uh, I I gave him I gave him a little bit of a shove and uh, into the into the table he went and uh, chin first and uh, immediately pops up and goes I'm telling dad we're at home with our dad then and so he runs down the hallway and I'm going after him said no please don't tell please don't tell because like that's what you do when you're a kid is you you know you negotiate he runs in and shows my dad and without realizing what's going on like he starts gushing blood and so my dad's just like oh god what have they done now (laughs) and uh my brother's like oh I'm applying I'm applying direct pressure because he knows his first aid and I'm like apparently in tears just like so upset that I I caused this mayhem and I'm just like, I meant to hurt him, Dad, but I didn't mean to hurt him this much. A very honest, a very honest child.
1: My God, you were also very eloquent.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So that's the other thing that's maybe a little earlier than this, but a good story nonetheless.
1: That is I have none of that. (laughs) So let's start with the movies. Let's get the problematic one out of the way because I recently rewatched it. And it's not problematic, but it is, obviously, with the 2021 eyes on. Latin the animated one. Well, there's only... Yeah. So, okay, so first I'll say this. I rewatched it, and it was not as fun as I remember. I remember that movie being a lot more fun. This time around, Robin Williams' performance just stands out. The rest of the movie is not very entertaining, so I'll say that. Secondly, you have every single stereotype about the about a Middle Eastern person just being this just the most disturbing and then like the place of a woman. I mean, it's again problematic, but I rewatched it because I wanted to remember yeah. not not even for the podcast, just rewatched it. And uh and yeah, I was like, "Oh, wow, this is this is a I don't remember it being this bad." Like not entertaining bad i mean like robin williams saves that movie but i don't think it's one of those great uh disney movies that's
0: uh that's interesting that's one of the ones that like i i don't think i would have like i didn't see it in theaters so i can't say if i saw it in 94 but that was one of the ones that like we had my cousins had we we saw that one pretty regularly and i also remember that movie very fondly so much that i didn't even have any desire to watch the remake
1: okay me neither like,
0: I I I love Will Smith, but like I was like I can't. You can't replace Robin Williams. Like that's the thing. Like you know. So I had no desire to even see it.
1: Yeah, no. Don't go back and rewatch it. It's actually not that entertaining. It isn't. Ooh, fun one. The Mighty Ducks, nineteen ninety two.
0: Okay, I you know that's one I don't think I've ever seen it oh. um, in its entirety. Now that I'm a now that I'm a hockey person because Vegas is a hockey town.
1: Go Knights. Yeah,
0: I, I it's funny because they did a bit where everybody on the Golden Knights react like what's your favorite hockey movie, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and pre- predictably people said certain things like um Ooh. at the time.
1: Is it is it is it Mighty Ducks Miracle and The Cutting Edge? I
0: don't remember <laughs> if I heard Cutting Edge. What's the one with the uh the enfor- is it called The Enforcer? That's the, Oh, The Goon. The Goon, there you go. Um Oh, and force- I guess
1: slapstick, right? Or slap shot, slap shot.
0: Yeah, so those ones made the Mighty Ducks was a very was popular, one. and they all were like, "Yeah, it's not realistic like at all." Like you know, you get you know, you grow up and you you actually understand hockey, and it's like really, yeah. but like it's just fun. Like they all like growing up, they all liked that movie basically.
1: Yeah, so I actually rewatched that too this year because the Disney Plus brought back the Mighty Ducks TV show. Um, yeah, so I, I watched the TV show. I was like, "Oh right, let me watch the original." You know, it's still up there. Like, it's still like a fun movie, like exactly what you remember it to be. Like You know, I imagine it's, you know, like if I watch The Sandlot again, it's not going to disappoint where like I remember it just as it is, like nothing, nothing great, nothing bad. It's a good movie and it's Emilio Estevez in his youth, you know, can't blame, can't, can't go wrong with that. But yeah, okay, Mighty Ducks. Ooh, did you ever watch the movie Candyman? I don't think so. Do you know the movie Candyman? Mm,
0: like it sounds familiar, but that just could be... I have, I'm sure I've heard of it, but I can't place it, no.
1: So Candyman was a horror film starring, um, well, actually, I don't even remember the cast. I didn't even look this one up, but I remember the movie because of the whole, like, if you say his name three times in front of the mirror, he appears. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and that's the, why I didn't see it. I don't
0: watch horror movies.
1: Yeah, it, it is one of those, but I, I, it, I remember it because it was like the first black or African American uh, bad guy, like horror uh, movie. Like, huh. yeah, the main character Candyman is a black man, uh, and I know I want to say they remade it or they're remaking it, and it's coming. They, out.
0: they did. They had a whole campaign because, like, oh, okay. I think the hook recently, and now that you've mentioned it, uh, you you basically like uh, any of your like their their advertising thing was you'd use any of those voice things like Siri or I, I don't know if it worked on Alexa too, but like you could you could say. You could say Candyman three times, and it would bring up the trailer. That
1: is awesome.
0: Like, so the, you, you, that, know, is you yep, that is very clever. That is very clever. Good use of technology.
1: But yeah, this was the this was the first one came out in, in 1992. I remember watching it. I remember something about bees and a hook or something, but it never stuck to me. It was okay. And then the great, my cousin Vinny comes out in nineteen ninety two. Have you seen that one? Okay,
0: that's another one that. I've seen in bits and pieces and I actually watched a lawyer's breakdown of it where he
1: <laughs> Okay, that's one of
0: my one of my I you can tell you're getting old I guess when you start watching like more serious. It's like for you you like you get excited about sales at the grocery store. Yeah. Um yeah, I do. household items and appliances that you get that make your life easier are also exciting and then you start to watch videos that people do analysis of other things and compare it to real world and you're like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> so I watched this this lawyer <laughs> on YouTube do these breakdowns of of movies and he'll tell you how accurate it really is and he and he like loves that movie and apparently there's a lot of stuff in there that is that is that is good like in terms of like actual thought process and argument
1: interesting i never yeah went, i never went that deep into it i've seen it a couple of times obviously marissa tomei ageless joe pesci uh, and ralph Macchio. you know um it's a, it's a fun movie. I again I watched it in the last two years. Again, it's still fun. Uh, it, it's good. Joe Pesci. I, I was really happy to see him come back in The Irishman because he hadn't done anything in a while. Uh, but I think he's such a talented individual. I don't know what happened to his career, but uh, it was fun to see him in his in his youth.
0: My standout memory of Joe Pesci, like my I think my introduction to him was Lethal Weapon.
1: Oh wow! Not Home Alone, huh?
0: No. Interesting. Home Alone wasn't one of those ones that we... There wasn't a holiday movie that we, like, traditionally... Like, I mean, I, if I gave you, like, one guess for, like, the movie we, that we, we watched every holiday, I bet you'd get it.
1: I think I have two, obviously, because of the old-timey stuff. So either Miracle right, right. Miracle on 34th, or It's a Wonderful Life.
0: It's a Wonderful Life was, the, was the, the Christmas movie that got watched every year.
1: By the way, I said Miracle on 34th because of the whole, like... Uh, you know, you'll shoot your eye out thing, and like you know, because it it taught you it was a moralistic uh, movie as opposed to it's a wonderful life, where it's more of about a man who wants to commit suicide and why he shouldn't.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, arguably another moralistic thing that aligns well with you know religious viewpoint of you, you shouldn't do that, and here's all the reason that an angel was that. well, uh, like,
1: that's true. Yeah, you
0: know, earning earning his wings,
1: and oh, I mean, uh, James Stewart, uh, Jimmy Stewart is just one of the greatest actors of all time. My God.
0: I mean it's I mean I I still I still enjoy that movie.
1: Okay. All right. Moving on to TV shows. So popular TV shows in 1992, you had Coach, Cheers, and Full House. Any of those you eventually saw?
0: Those are all familiar to me. I've never like watched contiguous like episodes or seasons or or followed it, but yeah, I recognize all of those.
1: I watched all 3. Coach, I don't remember too much about as far as like besides that the the guy who was the lead in coach, which I forget his name now, Craig, no, oh, Craig T. Nelson, ended up being Mr. Fantastic's voice. So uh, you know, from the no, not Mr. Fantastic, Mr. Incredible from the Incredibles. Cheers gave us Woody Harrelson and uh what's that show about the psychiatrist in Seattle? Uh Frasier. Frazier is a spinoff of Cheers. Yeah. And Full House Didn't really give us much except Fuller House now, but (laughs) it did give us the song You Gotta Know by Alanis Morissette, because that song is about Uncle Joey from that TV show. And if you've ever heard the lyrics, my God. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, So shows that ended in 1992, we have MacGyver. Were you a a fan of MacGyver?
0: I, I did know MacGyver. Because... So, I mean, one of, one of, one of the best positive uh, uh, representations of the mullet.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: In, in yeah. pop culture.
1: That's actually true. I think right now the only person holding it down is uh, Theo Vaughn, the comedian.
0: <laughs> well, that and then, of course, hockey culture in general won't let it oh, go. Oh,
1: yeah, that's true. That's true. And then another TV show that I'm curious to see if it even made it into your radar that ended in 92 after four years, Superboy. A live-action TV Mm. show called Superboy. So back in the late '80s or early '90s, there was actually a TV show about Clark Kent in uh, Smallville and growing up and going to high school and like discovering his powers. It's a fun show.
0: It It ended. Definitely was an episode where there was a bully and he had to resist the urge to to like punch him right to the moon.
1: Even though I watched a few episodes of that dude, I do not remember anything about that show. But that probably says a lot. But when I was doing my research and I saw that show and I'm like, oh, I do remember that show. And it was one of those shows. Oh, actually, it was one of those shows that the first season had one guy playing Superboy in season two, three and four. They actually replaced him with someone else, which I was like. And and, yeah, apparently like the budget and everything just changed the look of the show. Uh, It it was interesting to read about it. But again, did not make me want to watch the show at all.
0: Interesting, yeah.
1: So TV shows that started in 1992, at the opening we said that Johnny Carson had his uh, last episode of The night, sh- the Tonight Show. Jay Leno takes over as the host of The Tonight Show. There's a really great movie that I watched a long time ago called Late Night, and it was basically, a, a, I think it was like a HBO movie about the late night battle of who was going to take over uh, Johnny Carson's spot and how it was like, they were kind of like, holding on to David Letterman and Jay Leno and kind of giving them both promises of a potential show and then eventually screwing uh, Letterman out of it and giving it to Leno. At the time, Leno was the only one, but it's actually what prompted them to get the David Letterman TV show for Late Night to compete against Jay Leno. And it's kind of what started the Late Night uh, TV wars that we now have with like, what, five different shows Late Night?
0: Right. Right. Now, now anyone can do a late night show.
1: Exactly. So, so that started in uh, 92 with Jay Leno. Uh, Oh,
0: and Leno has been like, so basically my recollection of is, is like Leno, because like by the time I'm like, again, we're at the point where I'm, I'm finally going to start to have memories and stuff. And it would be anytime I saw it, it would be Leno. So that's my late night. Like, you know, there was TV on that. I wasn't allowed to watch in my dad's office or something. And it was late night. It it might, you know, it was Leno. Yeah.
1: I, I was a Leno fan, too. I think he had better guest hosts. I think as an adult, everybody talks about like the, the interview style of David Letterman and how prolific he was. I didn't get that as a kid, and I still don't get it as an adult. But now I realize he was more into music than it seemed at the time mm. uh, because of the oh, old interviews that I see of his. There was a TV show that I think predates Bill Nye the Science Guy called Beakman's World. Does that ring a bell at all?
0: Man, that is familiar. The name I can't picture it though, so it, it might have just been something I've heard of.
1: It was basically a really wacky show that combined like Pee Wee's Playhouse and Bill Nye the Science Guy. So it was science experiments by by a really wacky guy. Uh, I remember watching it as a kid, and I was I was a big fan of it. That's why I brought that up because that show started in '92. There is a cartoon show, and I think it's the only time this has ever that, that this they they've ever tried doing this this uh, comic book into a cartoon Conan the Adventurer Conan the animated TV show did was that ever on your radar
0: not not at the time later yeah
1: for me it was weird because like Conan was big in 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 publishing in books and in comics and then they had a TV show for like a year and then it disappeared and you know they tried making a movie again and you know that didn't work out uh, but I remember watching that show, and I was like, "Oh, this was actually a decent show. They they did really well with it." But then disappeared. There is something I want to clarify. On episode one of 1992, we talked about the Batman animated TV show, and there was one really important detail that I didn't mention. That I caught myself not mentioning, so that I wanted to make sure I didn't miss it again. The Character of Harley Quinn was created for the Batman animated TV show. It was not a comic book character before that. It was created specifically for that, and based on the popularity of that, they actually gave her more uh, showtime. And then, it, you know, and now she's been in what three mo- major motion pictures?
0: I thought you did mention that. I remember hearing. Did when I? you talk about it, you. I think you did.
1: Okay, I'm gonna have so to we go. We talked back.
0: about how, like Harley, Harley was a character. Made for that show, which is it's funny because it was a bit part initially. It was just, a, and then it was so popular.
1: Okay, I want to double check because I, I I think we might have talked about it, but I don't know if it was it was something that we recorded. But I, I'll double check because I do okay, want to make yeah. sh- I, I do want to make sure that. that gets mentioned because that's happened once before with the Batman uh TV shows. In Batman sixty six, the character of Batgirl was introduced in season three, which again was not a character that was in the comics or in the uh, TV show or any of the lore at the time. but yeah, but Batgirl was introduced to the Batman 66 uh, TV show as a way to kind of you know get get female viewers and then eventually joined the comic book. So it was created on the TV show. So Harley Quinn with the Batman animated TV show and now like I said like she's become you know Just
0: one of these hugely popular DC characters.
1: Yeah, and you know it's it's uh, it's really cool that 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 uh, that stuff like that happens.
0: The most popular Halloween costume of like two years ago,
1: and probably was, maybe three now. Yeah, well, actually, I was going to say, and probably last year too, because if you think about it, it was Birds of Prey. it was Birds of Prey, and then in the latest Suicide, and in the Suicide. Yeah. So really, you know, she's in there. Moving on to deaths. Okay, the name Clevon Little. Does that ring a bell? No. Best known for blaming the sheriff in the movie Blazing Saddles. I
0: mean. I know. I know that. Yeah, exactly. Obviously not. Obviously not from 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 that far back, but I have definitely seen that since.
1: Yeah, he's probably done a ton of things, but uh, he will be immortal to me because of Blazing Saddles. He was so perfect in that role. It was amazing. It's amazing.
0: (laughs) It was very good.
1: (laughs) Does the name Benny Hill ring a bell? Yes. grew. I like I remember catching Benny Hill on KCAL Channel 9, like at 11 p.m. on the weekends. And it was this funny British TV show. I um, I, I yeah, I loved it. That little the dun, 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 like the little end sequence. It's, it's 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 that's that's the part I know.
0: I can't think of anything else from it, but I do. You know, bam, 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 bam. bam, bam, bam.
1: Yeah, like, yeah. So here's a funny story. <laughs> it's actually kind of sad, but it's funny at the same time. <laughs> so uh, it. It started popping up in in, uh, in my YouTube for uh, recommendations. So I was like, oh, all right. The Benny Hill Show. Great. Put it on, dude. Oh, not even two minutes in, bro. Blackface. And I'm like, oh. oh. No. <laughs> and, oh, it was cringy. I was like, oh, no.
0: I had to do it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And 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 I was, oh. Uh, because the thing is, so what he's so he's a doctor who um, he notices this this uh, very pretty nurse is giving um, uh, sponge baths to some of the patients on the beds. So the so he goes and replaces the first person, uh, and he gets a sponge bath. He replaces the second person and puts on a their hat or whatever, and it's a sponge bath. He goes to the third person, and it's a black Jamaican guy. And already I'm all like, oh no, oh Uh-oh. no! I thought the joke was going to be, oh oh, I got caught. But then he grabs a mop and I'm like, oh no. So oh, no. I thought, okay, that's bad. The mop on the head. I was like, oh, okay, that's bad. But I thought again, I was I was there was an innocence in me that said, that's how that's where they'll stop, right? <laughs> And then he grabs the the, the shoe polish. And I'm like, oh no. oh no, oh no. And I was like, oh, I can't watch this. <laughs> I
0: was just like, no. I'm sorry, Benny, but you've crossed the line.
1: Oh, you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't remember that that episode at all. But rewatching, I'm like, oh wow, this is yeah. And then the worst, then it gets worse, right? So so um, I, so I was like, it can't. I couldn't have. I mean, like. I mean, it's a sexist show, like, obviously, like, you know, that's, that's what they're right, right. going for. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to watch one more, you know, that doesn't, that does not seem, because I'm like, I, was it that bad, you know?
0: You needed a palate cleanser.
1: I did. So the credits start to roll and it's, it's how it's showed. And it it starts to show these different characters that, that Benny Hill plays. And, <laughs> and all the characters are scrolling up, you know, little pictures of them. And, of course, one of them is him in full blackface. It's a different one. And I was like, oh, no. I was
0: like, So this was a recurring thing. Yeah, I
1: was like, oh, I guess this was a thing. Oh, I don't remember this from being a
0: kid. <laughs> I mean, so the positive takeaway is that it didn't impact your young, impressionable mind. Yes. I, you didn't
1: even remember it. I didn't so remember it. And I obviously never did blackface, so I obviously never thought it was okay. <laughs>
0: no. That was one of your takeaways.
1: Also I was like 12 and really I was watching Benny Hill for The Lovely Ladies not the uh not just the hijinks you know they were right, right. they were big on on sex appeal but yeah no it it uh it's funny how you know again like we can't judge it based on on what we know now or how no. we feel about it now but at the same time I was like that show was on for like 30 years they like this was this a you know this was something that that was going on for for quite a while so it's just it's interesting how our uh, our perspectives on things have changed and what we feel is okay and isn't okay. But yeah, no. Yeah. So Benny Hill, rest in peace for both the TV show and the and the gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> Does the name John Sturgis ring a bell? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I was hoping it might, but when I tell you what he did, you'll 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 remember. So he was okay. a di- he was a director. He directed the magnificent Seven. Oh yeah there you go and the great escape i think those are his two biggies that he directed and these are what 1960s movies right 70s 60s uh, yeah
0: i think i think early seventy.
1: yeah it seems he had an affinity to of working with um steve mcqueen steve mcqueen yeah so yeah
0: yeah no magnificent seven uh i own that one on dvd and uh that's that's one that i've watched numerous times it's a good movie yep it's funny, the, I remember a behind-the-scenes story about that was the other actors, like, so Yul Brynner apparently was not good at quick-drawing his gun. So there's that one scene where he has to beat the dude, right, with the clapping. Right. Like, there's a scene, the guy, so he's going to show how fast he is drawing his gun and the guy's going to clap. He tells the guy to clap his hands in front of him. And so the guy claps kind of slow and he goes, no, faster. And faster, fat." And then, like, on the last one, the guy's going as fast as he can, Yul Brynner draws his pistol and gets it between his hands, right? And the actor he was working with was saying like man like you had to like i had to like wait to like start my cue was that he'd start like as soon as i saw him start to move that's when i because he said if i was just doing it he couldn't he couldn't get so i had to make him look faster than he was
1: oh wow yeah huh but i mean yeah okay all right you burn is a great <laughs> actor i'm not gonna take away from that from the fact that he was no no no, no
0: i mean we do have the same skill set it's just that was funny because they're like yeah he's not fast so we had to you know and that's the whole thing is that they're like you know they're they're gunmen they're quick draw guys and they're Great movie though, yeah, yeah,
1: fantastic music. Another movie. excellent oh.
0: performance by Eli Wallach too.
1: Oh right, he's the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: He's playing playing the character he basically played in westerns. That's true. So there's your tie-in for your uh, good, the bad, the ugly.
1: Just throw, just find a way to tie everything into those movies.
0: We should probably do that every episode is find a way to tie it in. I feel like.
1: I think we could, by the way, because I'm pretty sure that if we, as we continue through the 90s, Clint Eastwood's going to pop up at least five times. Prolific. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to music news, the band House of Pain comes out with their song Jump Around, which to this day still plays, still plays. Wait a
0: minute, I'm sorry, what?
1: House of Pain, uh, Jump Around?
0: Oh, yeah. Wait, does that? No, I know
1: that. Okay. I was about to say, Gabe, it's been 19 years. I don't know
0: yeah yeah i'm always i'm always uh, i'm sitting there trying to like the time i i saw the the meme yesterday where it says someone said 30 years ago and you're like oh yeah 1970 and they're like no no they meant 90 <laughs> you know whatever <laughs> i'm just 91 and i'm just like oh no oh like, wait i do that in my head by
1: honestly. the way i just said 19 years it's 29 years yeah that's what i was well, reacting no to. no holy <laughs> crap i just effed myself up on that one yeah, that's what I said. Like, that's why I was reacting.
0: I was like, that wait a minute. Do you mean that it came out that year or that they came out with it way later? There's a band that ultimately came out. And I was like, hold on.
1: Twenty-nine years ago was when that song came yeah. out? Yeah. And they still put it in movies? Yeah. Damn.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's it's crazy.
1: So, fun story. Uh, House of Pain lead singer's name was Everlast. He, at the age of twenty nine, ended up. With a stroke and a heart attack because of all the drugs and alcohol and everything he was doing, and he had to quit performing because it was going to kill him. That's when he started his solo career, as Everlast, where he did pretty well with uh, with that one song, like uh, you know, a "Mile in Your Shoes." Or um, yeah, yeah, I like that. What, song. Was, what was that I called? That one. Um, I what it's like. What
0: it's like. Yeah, what it's like. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, so he survived that, and he's still alive and looking pretty healthy. How about that? Now, this one's for me. Ice Cube releases the album Predator, which is, uh, I think, next to Lethal Injection, one of the greatest uh, albums that uh, of, of rap music that's ever come out. I don't think that Ice Cube now, 30 years later, 29 years later, gets the credit he deserves for how prolific of a writer he was in both rap music and the movie industry. This is the same man who wrote the movie Friday.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know? <laughs>
1: This is also that he was the main writer for the, for the rap group NWA. Like the song that everybody knows E.Z.E. e for, Boys in the Hood, was actually written by Ice Cube.
0: Was he just overshadowed by other things happening no. the, at the same time?
1: You know, I don't think we were giving credit to, to, to writers in that sense back in those days. I think that now the the rap writer gets a lot more credit for for the work that they do. But I don't think rap was looked at as the type of art form that it is now. I think that might have a lot to do with it. Cause, and also, you look at him now, and he's a you know he's a businessman. His kids are grown. Like, his son played him in the NWA movie, you know? So I think that's the difference. And now you look at him, and he's a businessman. But at a certain point, like, the work we did with NWA, the work he did by himself, the work he did with West Side Connection, some of the best songs I have, rap songs I've ever heard, have come out uh, from him. And the fact that, you know, he's changed his life, and he's no longer doing that, I think he still raps, but it's not the same. Like, it's, it was grittier when it came from the life he knew. But yeah. but I think that people forget that he is a, an incredible writer, a, really is a great writer. There was a band called Gin Blossom that came out in 1992 with, with quite a few hits. The reason why I bring them up is because they're still on my playlist. Like, uh, Hey Jealousy, like, still it rotates, you know, in my in my playlist.
0: That's a great name.
1: Gin Blossom or Hey Jealousy? Yeah.
0: Gin Blossom. I mean, the song's good, too.
1: (laughs) But yeah, they came out in 92. Just wanted to give a shout out to them. (laughs) And the song Baby Got Back came out in 1992, which 29 (laughs) News Later still plays. (laughs) Still plays. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Technology and toys. Barbie's Dream House comes out in 1992. Now... Not uh, not much for that type of toy for myself, but even I know that to this day, Barbie dreams house dreams house is like a big deal. So,
0: yeah, yeah. In in the in the toy world, it was a that's a huge. The the Barbie dynasty is a big deal.
1: The uh, Halloween costumes that are popular in 1992 are Axel Foley from Beverly Hills Cop, <laughs> and Hulk Hogan. I, I thought a, those were fun. That's gotta be a pretty easy costume. I, I I agree. I think you don't even have to have yellow hair or blonde hair. You just uh Yeah.
0: You just, just uh, the bandana.
1: you just do the bandana, yeah.
0: Yeah. Anybody could do it. Anybody could do it.
1: We have uh the Cartoon Network launches in nineteen ninety two, by the way. Oh man. Right? And so I remember Go ahead
0: how exciting it was. It wasn't in ninety two, it wasn't until much later, in fact, but like how exciting it was when I got access to satellite TV and could watch Cartoon Network. Oh, wow. And you could just put that on and watch Cartoon Network.
1: So here's a fun fact. The Cartoon Network didn't actually start doing any original programming until much later. They started yeah. with just showing old cartoons. So they basically got the rights to Looney Tunes, to like Hanna-Barbera and Popeye. Yeah, yeah. And that was their, that was their, uh, their schedule. Uh, it wasn't until later on that you get shows like, you know, South Park. Of all of all shows,
0: yeah, wasn't it uh, wasn't it Turner who ha- got the rights to all like the old Looney Tunes and old like I want to say yeah like, con- he he consolidated that catalog and then yeah
1: but yeah and nobody would have seen that the Cartoon Network was going to end up being what it is now huh
0: nope
1: <laughs> and uh, the last thing that came out in 1992 and the reason why I bring it up is because I had a, had this product do you recall or do you know the company Palm Inc. Yes. They were responsible for the Palm Pilots and the as as they called them back in the day, the PDAs, the um what was <laughs> it? Person, PDA
0: co-opted.
1: personal digital assistant and uh, and a few other electronics. But my first my first real like smartphone was a was a uh, a palm pilot. And it basically was a small computer in your hand, because I remember like, if you went to a website, it showed you the website. There was no mobile site at the time. Right. Right. But in it and, it, and it slid out and it had a keyboard. It was fantastic. Dude. It was a brick. It was a nice solid brick. Uh, but I remember loving my, my Palm Pilot. And then eventually I, I, I got a Palm Pre, the phone that was awesome too. But yeah, Palm Pilot, they made the PDAs and, and they revolutionized. I think we wouldn't have like the smartphones that we have now without a company like right. Compile.
0: what were they making in ninety ninety two?
1: That's a very good question. So in because ninety, like
0: I'm trying to think like I remember when my mom got her first cell phone, and it was later than this, and it was like a field radio,
1: a field radio.
0: like it was a giant battery brick with a corded phone attached, like on a cradle that you'd pull off. like that's it it had its own separate bag. when you were grabbing the cell phone, you were grabbing the cell phone bag.
1: so, they started out with cell phones. They that that was their thing, the palm. So same
0: in concept, big ol'. They had yeah. the wackly look.
1: Yeah, they were they were just they were actually real bricks. I remember uh, my palm, my palm pilot, Pro or Palm Pilot something. Yeah, they were just uh, uh, cell phones.
0: Oh man, some of these look. Some of these are very interesting.
1: Uh, I I used to I used to love Palm Pilots, dude. Loved them. And I think that's why I liked BlackBerry when it came up, because it was a remi- re- very reminiscent right. of the way the Palm Pilot they, looked.
0: They kept a very similar aesthetic. They, they made it less like simplified and sleek for the user, and, and they kept that original.
1: Yeah. Uh, and uh, we finish it off with celebrity gossip. David Bowie and his wife, uh, Iman, marry in 1992. And they were together until he passed on a few years ago. Sarah right. Jessica Parker and Matthew Broderick marry.
0: Wow, Matthew Broderick. There was a there was a '90s actor.
1: <laughs> I, I'm, oof, he ruled the '80s and the '90s, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. He was in everything. I mean, between War Games, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, uh, and even before that was like, uh, well, no, he made the remake with the producers, right? I mean, he's a he's a great actor. Yeah, yeah,
0: actor. yeah. That was a name you saw a lot then.
1: Lisa Bonet and Lenny Kravitz divorce, and this is a good one. Although, well, now that I think about it, it's kind of sad. Mac Miller is born.
0: Well,
1: yeah, and he passed away. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. That's kind of sad actually. <laughs> yeah. I I'm one of those people that did not get into Mac Miller until after he passed away. I think Yeah, no,
0: I uh I didn't I didn't take much notice until Yeah, he until pa-
1: he passed away and I listened to his uh tiny desk concert for NPR. Yeah. It is one of the most magical things I've ever heard. I like it's incredible how he he infused jazz with with like uh with rap and R&B incredible uh although I prefer I'm not going to lie I prefer the NPR version than I do the actual album version <laughs> right <laughs> but yeah uh, so he was born uh in 1992 so Gabe uh as we close off 1992 with episode 3 any uh, lingering thoughts between and let me just kind of throw things at you right between Billy Ray Cyrus uh Rage Against the Machine, Right Said Fred, Crisscross, Creepy call- Crawlers, Nicotine Patch, The Golden Girls ending, uh, Bill Cosby show ending, you know, um, Batman Returns, Wayne's World, Basic Instinct, Unforgiven, Clint Eastwood reference? There eh?
0: we go. Uh, MacGyver and Billy Ray, that's two heroic examples. Oh, no, 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 moment. hang
1: on, though. One's fun. One seem look, here's the thing about the mullet, right? I've always looked at the mullet as a carefree haircut. Like not a lot of maintenance, right?
0: <laughs> One of these is not like the other.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's why when I think of when I think of the mullet, I'm like, no, it's supposed to be, you know, party in the back, right? I feel like Billy Ray, that was a He full- had a like
0: condition. That and-
1: was a full-time job, I feel like. I feel like he had. He had a guy for that. He had a guy for. He must have had a guy for that. There's no way he didn't have a guy for that. I guess. I guess the
0: takeaway here is that anything can be taken to the extreme. You know, something that was designed to be simple and functional, and express who you are, can be taken to that extreme. Thoughts on the mullet, Christian Gabriel? Yeah. It's the next podcast. Uh,
1: if we have an, if we can get enough pop culture information about the mullet, I will <laughs> gladly do an episode. Actually. If we have any listeners that are efficient, expert. If we have a mullet expert, I will not even question putting you on the podcast and talking to you. And we won't even
0: question your facts about the mullet.
1: Honestly, you could tell us that Benjamin Franklin had the first mullet, and I would probably believe it because why wouldn't? He got hit by lightning with the key thing, right? So, like, who
0: knows what he did after that?
1: Yeah, could have. I mean, you know, were scissors even invented then? For people just getting their hair cut with like Bowie knives, just putting it out there. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, oof, I, I'm pretty. No, no, we're not gonna go into the mullet. Not gonna go into mullet. So thank you everyone for listening. A reminder: uh, we are on Instagram at pop culture We appreciate any feedback. We appreciate any compliments. We we actually encourage those. We'll see we have you. Have a strong
0: affinity for compliments.
1: Yeah, we do. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening.
0: And I'm going to, real oh. quick, I'm going to give a shout out to Okinawa because uh, I, got, I got a message from there and it, uh, it made my day. So hang tough.